Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. You're live, bro. Here we go, guys. Welcome to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks starting a whole new adventure in, as you heard me say once before, the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast joining the wrestling life world with uh henry maldonado want to thank him for giving us this opportunity uh henry thank you for letting us join your life group uh jason as well as joining us on this journey everybody else wanted to go and thanks the guys who started a podcast on here before us the guys from the pod jobbers jake the villain cl kid and beautiful brett who are taking a break at the moment without them there would be no Wrestling Life podcast audience. So before we start our part of this journey, we wanted to, of course, say thank you for paving the way. And Jay, before we start, wanted to let Henry go and uh, do a little something to uh, let his audience know we're okay, I guess. Yeah, thank you, guys. I see Jason had the good stuff earlier. I saw him pouring that into that cup. I was wondering if I was going to get some, you know, <laughs> over here in the Bronx, man. <laughs> Not only here in Chicago. I see that, man. That's, that looks good. Enjoy it. No, but thank you guys for uh, for joining the team. And, you know, uh, what started out as a little baseball group has now blossomed into almost 6,000 members in our baseball group. And that has turned into wrestling life, football life. We have a pet group, pet life, food life. Uh, daily life, which is a sort of an exclusive group. We have a number of groups out there, parent life. So <laughs> this snowball, we've done a, a few things with Facebook themselves. They used our, oh, our pop culture life. They used that for a, a few things. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited to have you guys join us. You are taking over for the pod jobber. So you do have some big shoes to fill, but I'm pretty confident you guys can take care of that. Um, I've known both you guys personally for a long time now. And I've been a, a day one listener of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast, so uh, I'm totally excited for you guys to, to join us, and uh, I see a beautiful, beautiful relationship forging ahead. Well, Henry, we really appreciate it. This is a great opportunity for us to kind of expand our audience, too. Um, so we're, we're excited to be on, and we appreciate you giving us the opportunity. We hope to, to live up to the pod jobbers and what they've done. I know that they had a very entertaining podcast with a, a lot of listeners. Uh, so we hope that we can, you know, entertain you guys as well. Uh, we want to be interactive with you guys in the chat um, and things like that. So we want to be interactive with you guys while we're doing this. And, you know, we appreciate the opportunity. Definitely. Thank you guys again. And, Jay, I expect you on the football podcast soon, uh, the Audible, talk Packers. And, you know, whenever Aaron Rodgers does something that, you know, gives me an opportunity to call him overrated, you know, I will hop on that opportunity. That's, 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 that sounds good. And if you guys ever talk <laughs> – talk sports betting let me know hey we, sports betting is legal in illinois so your boy is betting regularly craig car and kind of screwed that up for a lot of us but <laughs> hey cuomo did you hear cuomo he said today that um maybe there's gonna be sports betting that new york needs a lot of revenue which we know He's, it does look he said that last year with legalized recreational weed and sports betting i'm with him on it needing to be legal but i'm also with him that we need to see where the money's going to go yeah, that's that's fair too. But that's I'm uh, too. I'm all for sports betting. That way, I don't have to drive across the GW bridge and, and place a few bets on my phone legally. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> there are other ways, but we won't get into that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Henry, thanks for coming on. We Thank appreciate you, it. 
You're already getting roasted in the comments by Leon about being a Packers fan. Have fun with that one. <laughs> Later, guys. Thank you again. Have All a good right. show. Bye, Henry. See you. Thank you, Henry. So, uh, once again, uh, for those just joining us, this is Corey, Jason. Uh, before we start killing the WWE and their terrible ratings and a whole lot of other things, I just thought, let people know, uh, I'm 42, Jason slightly younger than I am and much better looking from those who are watching the video in a lot better shape. But uh, we've known each other for almost, what, 25 years now. Uh, we went to uh, college together, uh, ups and downs, best man at his wedding. If I ever actually date anybody, I'm sure that he'll be one of the, my top three picks to give that speech. Um, but, you know, we've enjoyed wrestling through the ups and downs, you know, nowadays, I enjoy, you know, the AW, the NXT, the New Japan's a lot more than the main roster product. Uh, I think Jay would most likely agree with me. Um, I've always been a lot more in-ring product. I think Jay's more of a mix of in-ring and storytelling, but I'll let Jay, you know, give a little bit more on that end before, we, like I said, we get a little more into stories. Yeah, no, um, I've loved wrestling since I was six years old. Um, when I was a teenager, I stopped watching for a little bit, and this was during the Attitude Era, so I really... <laughs> That wasn't smart. But um, so I watched, stopped watching for a year because my buddies in high school were like, you got to stop, stop watching wrestling. It's not cool anymore. So I stopped. And then I stopped hanging out with those guys. I started watching it again. And it was the height of that. It's there. And I loved it. Um, and I decided I'm just not going to stop watching unless it's really, really bad. And in 2000, after Eddie Guerrero passed, whatever, it was a kind of a rough period. And then punk came and things kind of so... For me, I, I just, I love wrestling. I love storylines. Um, and the athleticism in these matches is just fantastic. So, yeah, I'm all in. But the main roster can be really, really a rough watch. But we're here to talk about it all in a Workshop Wrestling podcast. Absolutely. And uh, just want to say to Jacob and Leon, I am a struggling and Browns fan. So I understand how hating the Packers, the better team, can be. An absolute pleasure at times, as you guys are Jets and Lions fans, respectively. But of course, you know, check out the Step Back. I believe every uh, Wednesday, because they do a very good show. Uh, I believe every other week right now they'll be back. This upcoming week, I've heard their show, especially with CL Kid. I believe a week ago they do a really good job. So people, as much as they like to roast the Packers right now in the chat. And if you want to join them, I mean, listen, they're they're right now they're the number one seed in the play. I mean, we don't we don't need to get into that as a wrestling podcast, but we're doing we're doing pretty damn good. So roast me all you want. Let's go win a Super Bowl. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, let's get into a little bit of a wrestling talk here. Um, I wish on our first episode uh, with our new friends here we could be you know talking super happy and. Uh, and how you know Monday Night Raw was the best thing ever, but we live in reality, and the reality is the lowest rating in quite a long time, a 1.52 rating for this past week. Jay, if you've heard us in the past, doesn't love talking about ratings, but unfortunately, ratings is the story of the day this week, and ratings are down, and it just isn't getting better. You can use excuses of the pandemic, which they used in the beginning of the year, you know, back in May. The, you know, the excuse right now is Monday Night Football, which goes away, basically, in another... Wait, I, wait, has Monday Night Football been here for the past uh, 25 years? 35, 40, 50 years? Oh, I'm not saying that's my excuse. I'm just saying that's the WWE stockholders' excuse that they're going to get to them, you know, every quarter as they keep on seeing, you know, 
from their from their deals that they don't have to care about because you know Fox and Universe and uh, NBC Universal are just going to keep on rolling in until 2024, so they don't have to truly care about it. I mean, Corey, let, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Twelve percent, twelve percent down in total viewers. Twenty percent down in eighteen to forty-nine demo. Twenty-nine percent down in the eighteen to thirty-four demo. They've got some absolutely awful, awful programming storylines that don't make sense. Who the hell wants to see the Miz and Morrison every week? Uh, the Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton stuff has been, you know, hit or miss. Lana is the worst baby face I've ever seen. Now we've got Jackson Riker. Uh, exactly. Now we've got. Jackson Riker and Elias. Elias got ex, 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 executed or uh, electrocuted, sorry. So now he's uh, seen the light. I mean, Matt Riddle is a bumbling idiot. I mean, we have these terrible, terrible storylines. The show is bad. That's why people aren't watching it. And now, supposedly, the WWE is listening to the audience and now they're going to do something to change it. Get rid of Pritchard. Have McMahon just be the basically the president, but not be in charge of the stories. They need to change what's happening on the show. Uh, you're preaching to the choir, buddy. Um, I, it's funny. Over the last two or two or three years, I put up earlier on the uh, the Wrestling Life po- uh, Facebook page that I believe it was three years ago now today that they came out on TV and said, you know. Basically, we're going to do what you want. That that meme came out. I don't know if you had a chance to see that or not. But it well, was- I did. I, well, I, I, I did hear. I did hear um, Alvarez, Brian Alvarez, talking about it. Um, you know, a couple years ago. But yeah. And you know what? Nothing has basically changed for the. Maybe things have changed, but not for the better by any you know any stretch. You know, and you're sitting there going, if bad things keep on happening, and nothing ever changes. Maybe it's not the fans that are the problem. Maybe it's not the wrestlers that are the problems. Maybe it's you're the problem. And when I'm not saying you're the problem, I'm not saying you, Jason Brooks. I'm saying Vincent Kenny McMahon. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean you know, yeah. in yourself and say, maybe I'm out of touch. It's not the fact that you're an eight the moment. Maybe it is the fact that you're you know, an 80 year old man. It is the fact he's an 80 year old man. His audience is his audience that are that are dying out are 18 to 34 year olds. What does he have in common with them? We've talked about this time and time again. The Aleister Black character, who we thought could have been a pretty big star. We don't even see him on TV. He is not in touch with young people. And he's 80 years old. He shouldn't be. It makes a lot of sense. He still thinks wrestling is like it was in 1985. If we go back, and I was thinking about this um, today before the show, in the 80s, Obviously, wrestling was really hot. Um, he started WrestleMania. He took all these guys from all these other uh, regional companies, Teddy Biasi, Macho McMahon, um, uh, Macho Man, Mr. Perfect, all, all these guys, right? Sure, he, the took that, he, took all, he took all these guys from all these other companies and became big in the 80s. Then what happened? He ran out of ideas. In the 90s, early 90s, mid-90s, it sucked again. Then had this idea for the attitude era that someone gave him and Vince Russo, bam. And it's not like the last 20 years, they've been necessarily killing it all the time in the ratings. Not like the Attitude Era, right? So he's had these kind of spurts of things, but he has not had a big idea in a really, really long time. And someone needs to come in and shake things up. And he's an old, stubborn guy 
who built this company from the ground up, basically, and it's a billion-dollar company. So part of it is he thinks he's the best person to figure it out because he's been around for so long and he's built it to what it is. And no one's afraid to tell him any different, which makes a lot of sense, too, because people are afraid of their jobs. But this is going to keep happening. I mean, we, we've talked we talked about the ratings on this podcast a while ago when it was a record low in May, when during the, the height of the pandemic and, you know, the presidential election and stuff like that was starting to get going. He doesn't have anything to blame it on anymore. They did Raw Underground. That's gone. You know, they've done all these different gimmicks to try to make people watch. What's going to make people watch is good television, good stories, have a couple of stars in there. The same old retreads and not building anybody new. That's the problem. Look at what they're doing on SmackDown with Reigns. Look at how he's what, what, what he is and how he's built himself up. And how they said, you know what? We got to stop just pretending this guy's going to be a babyface and everyone's going to love him. Let's change things up. And they did, and it's been wildly successful. I, they, they need to change the formula up, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep talking about it till the cows come home, but, you know, we're going to see the same issue continue with the ratings. And it's, it's, a, it's a shame because there's a lot of talented guys on Raw um, that are really, and guys and gals who are, who are really misused. I mean, you know, one of the things that uh, Leon Thompson from the Step Back uh, mentioned in the chat saying should have turned this over to Hunter a long time ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what, that's, that's a great, it's a wonderful mm -hmm. point, but it's the same thing. Not everything that NXT does is perfect, and I understand that. NXT is a much better show, Corey. It is, and, 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 and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. NXT is willing to change things up. If, things, if something's not working... They're willing to, to change it up. They're not going to necessarily stick with the same formula. Yes, Triple H isn't going to be the be-all end-all. He's not going to save the WWE. I, like, we understand that. But we also understand he has a good idea on what the business is and what it needs. And you look at these guys who were big stars in NXT. If you had, you know, Aleister Black and Keith Lee and you had all these stars in NXT, I think the ratings would be a lot closer with NXT and AEW. Instead, they've lost these guys to the main roster, and then they don't do shit with them on the main roster. So the fact that NXT's even the quality of the show that it is losing these level of talents shows you what Triple H has been able to do on that brand. Oh, I don't disagree, and I think, I think it's a really good point by, by Lee on there, but you know what? I do think that one of the things that we have learned from this experiment of... NXT going to two hours every week on the USA Network is that from being a one-hour show on the network, he has had to go and mostly run through most likely two years of ideas in a year based on going from, you know, one hour to two. And I think it's also a lot easier to go and do one hour, you know, two hours of television instead of having to do five hours of TV a week and having to balance, you know, a forty, you know, a forty-man roster, than having to balance a ninety-man roster or whatever Raw and SmackDown. And I'm not trying to go and make excuses for Mr. You, you sure sound like you're making excuses. He but has lead, he has lead writers on SmackDown. He, but he has lead anybody. But that's the problem. I th but I think Smack. I don't think I don't think he, he's doing as much on SmackDown to be honest with you. And like the stuff that we're hearing, 
he is not the dominant lead voice of, of all of SmackDown. I don't think he's there all the time either. And I'm not saying he doesn't have his hand in everything that happens on SmackDown. He's the chairman of the board, right? Obviously he does. But I don't know if he has that level of influence on SmackDown, especially when it comes to some of the other feuds that he did before, that he has. Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I, I might be completely out of my mind, but I, I don't think he does. I, Raw is his show. It always has been. And this is this is what we're getting. Hey, you're, you're not wrong. And like I said, it's... I love to come on. Like, it's funny. The last couple of weeks, I don't know if it's because, like I said, you know, other things that were going on in my own personal life, but I feel like the last couple of weeks we were going a lot more happy and, you know, upbeat about things. But we also didn't speak about... We basically spent, like, I think two minutes talking about Raw over the last couple of weeks. And then when we got the news, the fact that, that the ratings were so bad, we almost were forced to talk about Raw. And, you know... And now we're slightly a little bit more negative again. So let's let's get, you know, into a couple of things here. So over the last couple of years, when Raw has been this bad, they have, you know, tried to do a lot of these quick fixes. And Sean Rossap of Fightful.com, who does a lot of great work covering, you know, all sides of the wrestling industry, had gone over a couple of things over the last, you know, couple of years. You, you know, you are the authority, the superstar shakeup, the wildcard rule, brand educational. That to be a couple. None of these things were, you well, know. And, Corey, if I remember correctly, we ripped almost all these things. Yep. I mean, I mean, we weren't doing a podcast during all of this, but we would, you know, talk, whatever. All these things sucked. All of them sucked. None of them were, were none of them were good. But you know, part of the reason why none of them are also for two. One, some of these things were just trash, but also... After, like, you know, a couple of weeks, when ratings didn't change, he just forgot about them. And he got rid of it, and you were like... Yo, what happened to Raw Underground? It wasn't good, but, I mean... Well, also, that, that you got to give a slight pass because of the pandemic. And a lot of people that were used as extras on Raw Underground were NXT. And when you had the, the second outbreak from NXT with a COVID, it just became... Uh, a lot harder to do with the safety issues, and that's the same reason. At least that's what they said on paper. Well, but isn't, isn't the outbreak isn't isn't the outbreak isn't the outbreak part of WWE's problem? That is a very good point, and that's something they just want to put under the rug. That's also one of the reasons why they said NXT wasn't part of Survivor Series this year because they wanted to go and keep some of the brands separate. That's like one of the reasons why Thunderdome is one place and the Capital Wrestling Center, whatever it's called is in a different spot. They're not in the same, you know, same area because they want to keep these groups separated. You know, yeah, so I mean, no, I, 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 I'm just, you know, again, I, you know, you could say it's just they come up with these ideas, the ideas don't work, they change the ideas, and the idea of changing things that don't work, I, I think that's admirable. I think that's a good idea. I think you need to change things that don't work. But you don't do things for like three weeks and then get rid of them. Yeah. Right. And and so like that's the part. And then it comes down to great. None of these tricks and gimmicks worked. You know what worked in the 90s? Stone Cold and The Rock. That's what worked. You know, some good stories. That's what worked. The fact that the fact the show was like a must see show because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen on, on Raw this week. You could not watch Raw for a month and a half, two months now. And you probably wouldn't miss much. Honestly, if you don't watch Rough for two months, what would you miss? Not much. So I, I, that's the problem because you don't care about anyone that's on that show. And yeah. as long as they continue to do that, this is what's going to happen. I mean, like, and we'll move on in a second here, but realistically, how many people, can you count on one hand 
how many people you truly care about on the main roster. I mean, you care about Reigns. Right now, you might care about Owens because he's doing pretty solid promos. Do you care about McIntyre? I mean, maybe you care about AJ. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's. I think it's caring about them. I think it's 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 the problem is that these guys are super talented, but they're in just shit stories. You know, now they're in a you know a rough spot because these December pay per views are always horrible, and it's always these are always a waste of waste of shows because they're always trying to just get to Royal Rumble and get to WrestleMania season after Survivor Series. So we understand that. So this particular show has not been built up particularly well on the Raw side, and part of that is because this is a total throwaway show. But SmackDown with Owens and, and Reigns, we know who's going to win that match, but it's been a compelling story. So, and, and you know, the, AJ and McIntyre did have a nice little promo, uh, nice couple of promos to, to end there, to end things on, on Monday. But just in general, this is a slow time for the WWE. So I get that. But still, it's not good TV. It just isn't. I agree. And and we'll talk about it later in the show because, you know, it is pay-per-view weekend. There's two of them. There's ROH Final Battle, which we care about, and there's TLC, which we'll, we'll get through. Uh, we'll see that uh, if they get the uh, post-pay-per-view bump. And, yes, like you said, December is always a downtime for wrestling, and we'll see how the ratings are, and this is, the last you know Monday Night Football game, the last excuse they'll have, but we'll see how that all comes about, and we'll talk about that more in the upcoming weeks. But let's talk about some more interesting and maybe more uplifting uh, subjects uh, for the podcast. Usually, this would be the point where we talk about the Wednesday Night Wars, but let's let's start with a little bit Tuesday Night programming as a result of the Wednesday Night programming, I guess we'll put it. Uh, last week we had the biggest numbers for. Impact Wrestling because of uh, Kenny Omega showing up. Uh, Kenny showed up for the second straight week. They set up the Hard to Kill uh, pay-per-view, which will be a six-man tag between the Bullet Club of uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus the uh, Motor, City, Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan, who is the Impact Champion. Yes, Rich Swan, uh, formerly of uh, 205 uh, Live fame. Um, they're gonna, they had a segment at the end of the show, which got, as last count from ISO, about 275K on YouTube. Um, the ratings went back to normal on Access TV, basically a .04 on the 18 to 49 demographic, what they were getting before. I think it was about like 172,000 people on Access TV and about... I guess 12,000 on Twitch. They didn't do a replay on YouTube, but like I just said, the clip of the Bullet Club reunion did 275,000. Now, I spoke to some people. I was I even put on our uh, Twitter, which is at WorkshootPod, also our, our Instagram. So unfortunately, you won't see any like scantily clipped pictures of me, you know, twerking or anything on our on our Instagram as of yet. But um, I, that's that's the reaction I wanted to see, Jeff. <laughs> but I understand they said they get, you know, a lot of money from Twitch to simulcast. So that's maybe that's why you're not going to get a YouTube every week, you know, of a free replay. But they put a replay on the following week, you know, of last week's show, and they got almost 300,000 views. Yeah. I mean, I mean so I, I don't want to get into the whole – they should show replays of the shows. I don't know why they don't. 
it doesn't make it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, the 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 one thing is it's interesting that the ratings dropped um, from 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 the first week, um, especially when the first week was compelling. I, I thought the promo from Callus and Omega was pretty solid. I think though the angle was a pretty hot angle at the end, um, the reforming of the Bullet Club. So I think there's a chance that next week we might see a bump. Also, it's interesting the idea that Omega has been, he's kind of running two companies. He's the head of two companies, which is interesting. Um, and he had a great match with Laredo Kid, the uh, Triple Mania. Um, but the idea is Kenny Omega more compelling on Impact than on AEW. That's what it appears to me. It appears to me that he's a m- much more Impact. He is the star. He is the headliner. He is he is everything on there. They mention him all the time. They talk about him throughout the show. That's not the case in AEW. AEW's got a million things going on. I, I, I think the kind of contrast between the way he's profiled on Impact and the way he's profiled on AEW, I think it's interesting. Um, and and I, I, I do think AEW maybe should look at that a little bit. In terms of the ratings, I don't know. I mean, may, you know, the, the excitement of him being on and then people are like, okay, you know, we saw him. I, I, this week will be interesting because of the angle. They actually did an angle. It wasn't just him kind of cutting a promo and then they kind of teased Rich Swan, which, you know, people may not really care about that, to be honest with you. But the idea of him reforming with the Good Brothers, I think, could, could make for uh, some interesting television. So I, let me take that from two points here quickly. I do wonder if Impact slash AEW didn't promote Kenny was going to be on uh, Impact again well enough, and maybe that's one of the reasons why there was such a a decline of you know people showing up again to watch. I wonder if that might be part one, or are we seeing because like we discussed last week the idea of Kenny not being a great heel, and maybe people the average you know. AEW fan who's watching for everybody doesn't care enough to go or wasn't intrigued, the AEW audience wasn't intrigued enough that they could just watch, you know, a clip on YouTube and see what happened to actually Well, I think well, I think I think I think those things could be accurate, but I think the biggest thing is he had the exact promo on Tuesday that he had on Wednesday. He said he said he said almost verbatim, Callus almost said verbatim the exact same thing in a less compelling fashion on Wednesday. So if you missed it on Tuesday, you didn't miss anything. So now you're thinking if you're an audience person, hey, I just watched this, you know, I, you know, gave up my Tuesday with whatever to like watch Impact. Then he said this amazing stuff. Then I usually watch AEW and then he said the same thing. Why am I going to watch this on Tuesday, right? So um, so now they, that they did a different angle, that something different happened, where do they, where do they go? So, you know, we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I and uh, Matt Bushnell from the chat just uh, basically totally agreed with that fact, saying, not going to lie, I'm interested in the Omega angle, not a huge fan of, of his, but, uh, but I'm interested. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes and what, what happens as a result. So, I mean, can this angle build on interest on other parts for these two brands? Like, Will people who are the dying breed of Impact fans go to AEW? Like this, and we'll get more into this later on in the broadcast, but will the Impact fans go over and watch AEW? Or are the Impact fans already part of 
800 to I think I think it's I think it's that I think it's that one. You know, so I mean, and you know, I do find it interesting where does this go? And I think I think there might be some people out there who are going to be really have a wait and see attitude out there going, is this just going to be another version of everything that Impact fans have seen over the years where every single angle that's ever been done with a with another group that comes in, Main Event Mafia, Aces and Eights, and all these other things, where a group comes in, they dominate Impact, and then they leave, and Impact is made to look like the jobbers. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I don't think that's anymore. I don't think, I mean, if you're an Impact fan, you're just watching, right? Like, I, I don't think it matters. Your point is a good one. They mention Omega much more than they mentioned anybody else in, on their programming. Um, but also, Corey, he's a bigger star than anyone they have. Let's be let's be honest. Um, I, I like Rich Swan. I like a lot of their guys. I like Willie Mack. You know, I, I you know Chris Bay. I think they have really talented guys. But you know, as much as I can rip Omega for being you know not the best heel in the world or whatever, he's a bigger star than any of those guys. WWE offered to pay him a million dollars a year. Right? They weren't going to pay any impact. Half the guys the impact were guys released from the WWE. So let you know. So let let's kind of call it what it is. Omega's a bigger star than all the guys. And they're, they're highlighting him as such. And when he leaves, he leaves. But hopefully he'll have made um, some of those guys along the way. But it's a very tricky thing where they need to keep him as a big-time guy, right? But they also can't be making him lose. I mean, you look at the match with Laredo Kid in Triple Mania, it was a tremendous match. And that, I mean, I think that made Laredo Kid seem better for Omega having to go to the top rope to do the one-winged angel. So uh, he had to really go deep down to defeat him, and I think that helped make Laredo Kid. So I think there's ways they can help make impact wrestlers by Omega defeating them, but it is a tricky balance. It is going to be a tricky balance. And I, I do think one thing that, before we uh, move on to a lot of other things here, um, is that I think one thing that's going to hurt this a little bit right now, and unless they're going to do insert things, and just hope that people are watching. The next two weeks, because we're in that holiday season coming up, of the Christmas week and New Year's, I don't know if you noticed this, but one of the things that's coming up, the next two weeks are best of shows for Impact. So whatever, mo whatever um, uh, you know, Impact, pardon the pun, that they're getting right now from Omega might go away because yeah, what percentage of people, I mean, I this don't know. Is a, this is a, I mean, this is a tough time though, Corey, anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, AW is going to be on at like 10 o'clock or whatever next week. And then they're doing these new, I mean, the next couple of weeks are kind of throwaways. Unfortunately, they have a pay-per-view one, the January 9th. So uh, it's one of their impact special, one of their impact plus shows. And is then the I, ninth, oh, is the ninth. When's their, so they have the, when's the pay-per-view? I think it's the following week is the hard target show. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not that, that's not that. That's not that far in advance. So maybe they'll have enough time to, if the next two weeks, you got New Year's, what is it, uh, Christmas, you got Christmas Eve, uh, New Year's Eve, something like that. Um, you know, I think they could figure it out, figure it out. But yeah, they don't have a lot. They don't have a lot of time to build it, and it sucks that they'll lose momentum. But they would have lost those momentum anyway because of the holiday season. Which I think now we got to look at the ratings a little bit differently for the next couple of weeks for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so, and like I said, we'll talk more about this as as more things come up, as they build towards hard target and 
more on if we start to get a little bit more annoyed at, or continue to enjoy Don Callis as he continues to be more and more on TV, I do think that will be interesting to see if Don Callis on two programs if it starts to wear on people a little bit or if we continue to enjoy, you know, his bigger-than-life personality. But, uh, Jay, let's talk about one of our major issues that you uh, you brought up to me right before we got onto the show, our, our favorite time of the week, Wednesday nights. Uh, you brought up to me uh, something that Dave Meltzer brought up. Uh, Let's talk about NXT before we get to AEW this week. NXT, I'm going to call it the NXT call-up syndrome. And uh, and we'll start this off uh, based on a comment in the chat from uh, Jacob Anthony Moses. Once again, from the uh, Step Back Podcast, he wrote, Vince still still sucks in, in his ways, stuck in his ways. He's about to mess up with uh, Keith Lee. And I think we'll agree. I mean, the story came out, you know, last week how he was brought back down to the performance center for basically more training with a couple of the big guys. More training? He's been wrestling for 15 fucking years. More training. Uh, apparently, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at least the good side, I guess you'd say, is they care enough that they want me to do something that they By the way, I don't know if I'm supposed... I don't know if we can curse on this or not. So I apologize to the audience if I, if I did curse, but... Um, um, it, it happened. We move on. And uh, 15, 15 years he's been wrestling, Corey. 15 years. He was in NXT having tremendous matches. And Vince is like, oh, well, you got... See, here's the problem. Vince has this idea on what these guys are. And sometimes ideas are good, right? When Lee first came, was on Survivor Series last year, Royal Rumble... There was all this talk that Vince loved them. And Vince was like, oh, he's a big guy. He can wrestle big style. He doesn't wrestle like a big guy necessarily. He wrestles kind of like Bam Bam Bigelow did. Like that's a style that kind of suits him. And Bam Bam never truly got to where he could have, um, being one of the most athletic big men of all time. Part of it was his own issues, obviously. But I think Vince thought, oh, this big guy, we're going to make him just wrestle like a big guy does. And he doesn't necessarily wrestle like that. And instead of embracing that's part of his appeal, if he was just a big guy who wrestled like a big guy, to be honest with you, he wouldn't have been a big star in NXT. He would have just been, oh, here's just a big guy who's like um, Lars Sullivan or whatever. But the fact that he is such a great athlete for his size, that's part of his freaking appeal. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And so, I, you know, so part of Keith Lee's problem probably is he's caught up in what Vince wants him to do and what he's done for his entire career. That's made him get to this point. I don't disagree. And uh, just to let you know, uh, Jake gave you a big thumbs up there. Yes, you can curse all you like. And uh, if you want to hear a little cursing, you can, I forgot to say this before, but Matt and Randy, you can check out the uh, the Audible Fridays at this at noon and uh, Wednesdays at 8 p.m., uh, the football Football show. I do apologize, Matt. Didn't uh, let you guys know that before. But if you, uh, if you want to hear some cursing, I'm sure you hear it on all those too. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm very proud of you, uh, Jay. You you actually went quite a bit of time more than I thought. Well, I was going to curse like uh, 20 minutes ago, but then I'm like, oh, this is a new format. Maybe people will get will get mad at me. But so like so that's the problem. Vince has this idea on what these what these guys are, right? He this guy's supposed to be this. This guy can't get over because he's small. All these kind of antiquated 1985 notions. Like, 
how did Shawn Michaels ever get over in Vince's eyes? Like, I, so I, you know, on all these guys, the Garganos, the Coles, they're, they're, he's, you know, HBK was a big hero of theirs, yet they're small, so they can't get over, but HBK did. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what, what changes as time goes along. And, uh, you know, back then, uh, he wasn't 79 years old. He was 55. <laughs> well, I mean, and maybe, you know, maybe also he was, he was desperate. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, Bret Hart wasn't really that big either, right? So, no? yeah. anyway, it, it's all interesting. But so, one of the things that Meltzer said this week is essentially um, that a lot of these guys from NXT who were really liked, Adam Coles, Johnny Garganos, Aren't are may may not ever really come up to the main roster because Vince doesn't think they'll get over because of their size or whatever. So they may just stay on the main on on NXT. And the idea that that might hurt NXT because it's like all oh, these guys are still on NXT. They're not good enough to go to the main roster. Um, you know those sorts of things. First of all, the, if they can't make Adam Cole a star, then I, I don't I don't know what we're I don't know what we're doing here. The guy is great in the ring. He's a great heel. The fans, the fans like him, even though he's a heel. I, I don't, I don't understand it at all. And Gargano has been tremendous as well. So, I, you know, it, it's a, it's a big problem that they have. If they don't think the guys in developmental can make it, then who the heck are you gonna bring in? I guess uh, just cookie cutter guys who, who you know, who carry just carry and cross. Yeah. Right? Key bar. Smoke and mirrors. Uh, and guys who are, you know, just have really sexy valets uh, and everything else. I mean, it's, it's very weird on what Vince wants. I, it's, part of the problem is I don't think Vince knows what Vince wants from day to day. You know? I mean, it's, it's the syndrome of one day Vince wants this, one day Vince wants that. And it's the old joke of the fact that you're writing for one person. And you can have, you know, a lot of times we blame the writers and we blame everyone for all the things that go wrong in WWE. And true, and I said this earlier, all it has to do is that you're writing for one person, you're writing for Vince McMahon, who one day Vince is happy with Keith Lee and he wants to go and spotlight him, getting, you know, the big eliminations in the Rumble and having, being the guy who's doing the fist pump and getting the respect angle from Roman Reigns in Survivor Series and having, you know, the stare down with uh, Brock Lesnar. The next moment, he's basically, you know, jobbing out clean on Monday night to uh, the Miz and Morris. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to say what the uh, what Vince McMahon wants and what Vince McMahon sees in people. So, but, I mean, beyond, but beyond Vince, because, I mean, he's obviously the biggest part of this, but does it hurt the NXT guys that they are not moving up to the main roster, that Cole's been there forever? That Gargano's been there forever. Does it not? This is my question for you, because I'm not sure. Does it not make them look like big enough stars that they don't move on? I mean, Adam Cole's been NXT for freaking ever. So has Gargano, Ciampa, all these guys. Does it make them look like, oh, you're kind of just an NXT guy? You're not good enough to be on the main roster, which in turn kind of hurts your product. Now to the marks. Um, no, I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about that. Well, talk, both, I guess. Well, I, I mean, if you're the Adam Cole Mark, may, I mean, you, you know what I mean, though. May, maybe more the casual fans. I don't know. I think to the to the hardcore fans, they love these guys so much, and that, and those those are the diehards who are watching NXT, and who you know were watching Ring of Honor, and 
were there caring about these people to begin with and who are the people who are full sale, who, you know, people joke about, who, you know, they, they cheer for everything. So those people, I think they've already gotten. But, I mean, the average Joe Schmo who, you know, doesn't know everything walking in, I think they think that a lot of times that if you're not on Raw or SmackDown, you haven't truly made it. They think if you speak to, like, our, some of our friends who have lost, like, maybe who become super casual, have lost interest in wrestling, you say the name Adam Cole or Gargano or Ciampa, or even, like, some guys who are in AEW who aren't, you know, Jericho, they either don't know who they are and they don't think that they're big time because they're not, they don't see them on Monday. Or, you know, but I don't, but I don't mean, I, but I don't mean, but I don't mean that, Corey. I mean, I, I get that part. People don't, I'm not talking, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, does the way the show is viewed by the casual fan get looked at? Worse because it's like, man, I haven't seen these guys. These guys used to go up all the time. Now they're just staying there. Maybe they're not good enough. Maybe I don't need to watch NXT because these guys aren't good enough to go to the main roster. And this is for the casual fan. This isn't for like you or I. I've been watching Adam Cole for freaking 10 years now. I don't know. I think, and I'm not saying we, there necessarily needs to be an answer, but I do think it's an interesting question. And I do think the fact these guys are in NXT for so long maybe starting to hurt them. We've talked about kind of the undisputed error fatigue, how long they've been there. Gargano's doing a nice job with this new gimmick he has the way. I, I, I love it. But um, I, I think I think it definitely could be hurting some of these guys a little bit. So it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, like I said, something you got to look at and to see what they do. I mean, like, I think that mm-hmm. depending on... And, like, this Keith Lee thing is really interesting because you thought because of his size... He'd be a no no doubter. I mean, you thought maybe because like because he doesn't, doesn't re- he doesn't wrestle like that. And I, Vince wants him to wrestle a certain way. And I'm you know he, he wants he wants he wants him to wrestle a certain way. He wants him to be a, a big. He 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 even said one of the things that we read, you know, whatever was that he wanted him to be a heel. Like, like he has no concept of who he is, and I'm and I'm not you know I'm gonna say this as I don't know if it's because he's a you know big African American guy and he could be the big heel. I have no idea because that's kind of how they wanted Big E to be, and so maybe he has a view of 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 that's his view. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there, but it's interesting that he has like Keith Lee is like does seems like he couldn't be a heel if he tried. Right, um, and he hasn't been. That's it's so easy with NXT because these guys are made there and ready to go. Just take him, have him. You know, I know the music thing was maybe a problem. Have take his yeah, and maybe that wasn't totally Vince's fault. I'm not blaming. I'm blaming for that. But you take Keith Lee and all that he's been and who he is, and you just bring him to the main roster, and then that's it. That's it. Look at AJ Styles. He's got better on the mic, but uh, but a lot of his character was still the phenomenal one. Still a lot of the stuff that he that he's done over the years, and that's been wildly successful. Um, so I, you know, Corey, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. But I, I think it's an interesting question for how NXT is moving forward, and is it going to start to get a little rough seeing these? I, I I can tell you, I get a little bit of fatigue from undisputed era. I'm starting to get to the point where 
I want Adam Cole to cost O'Reilly to match and them to have a feud. Like I, it's it's the undisputed era needs to change somehow. You know what? You you brought into the next topic beautifully, actually. Uh, so we saw on on Tuesday on Wednesday. Jesus, these these days just keep on going one into another a little bit. We saw an excellent match, most likely the best match of well, best maybe, actually maybe the best match of the week. Not not including some of the uh, stuff that maybe in the J Cup or uh, we saw some other stuff here and there, but uh, we saw. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd, say other, I'd say other than like Omega, sorry, to other than Omega Laredo Kid, it's the best match that I saw this week. Okay. Um, I, I thought Harumo versus uh, El Desperado was pretty good too, but I maybe one A one B. But um, Dunn versus O'Reilly really set the bar of what a great wrestling match. In 2020 was it? I don't know if it will make you know the best of the year, being right at the end, but that's for another discussion for another day. But um, I think everybody knows that Balor Cross is most likely what the end game is. You know, O'Reilly will have another banger against Balor at uh, New Year Evil or whatever the name of that show is, hosted by the Deaf Mute or whatever the hell his gimmick is. Um, but. Do we think that uh, they should just hold... I mean, I think the answer is yes, but do you think they should hold off on Balor Cross and either go long-term, you know, O'Reilly, Balor, Balor, Dunn? I mean, what, what do you think they should be doing here with the world title picture? I mean, I think we all know that the idea is if Cross had gotten hurt, Cross was going to keep the title for a while because he was their 2020 project. But what do you think goes on here with as much as O'Reilly's been working... I think Dunn's come back as basically as a brick shit house with his new physique and everything else. He's very orange. He's <laughs> extremely. He's so orange. <laughs> um, I think yeah, there's there's, I, I the, the Dunn part I think is interesting. I love the idea of them doing Killer Cross or Carrying Cross against Damian Priest. I think that's a really good feud for both guys. Um, I would like to see Karen Cross in an actual feud instead of just matches where he kills people. So um, I, I think a feud with Damian Priest could be pretty interesting. Um, you know, I, I I do get the sense that O'Reilly's going to have this match and Cole's going to cost him the match. I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. And then you set up some type of Dunn-Balor feud and then eventually you get the carrying cross. That's what you would think would happen. Um, but the good thing is... We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. NXT didn't have all these options. You know, now with Dunback, with Karen Cross back, with O'Reilly establishing himself as kind of a main event level guy in NXT, I think there's a lot of different ways they can go with it. Um, so I don't think Kyle O'Reilly would win the match. I think there's no way. But, I mean, hell, you never know. Um, but I, I do think they need they need something big. I think NXT needs a big angle. They don't need necessarily a, you know, Shaq or whatever to come in, but they need something big to happen on their show. Um, you know, they tried to do that at the end of the O'Reilly match and Balor originally with Rich Holland. I, I mean, it's a shame the guy got hurt. That sucks. But I don't think that was a big angle. They tried to play it like it was, but it wasn't. Um, and as we've said in the past on, on this podcast, there's not a Shinsuke Nakamura from Japan coming to NXT. They don't have a big person. So they need to kind of figure it out in-house instead of just running a solid show. Well, um, they, well they do have a big guy from Japan, but uh, he's stuck, you know, tagging with uh, Leon Ruff. 
I mean, I love I love Kushida, but he's not Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, I love Kushida, but he's not he's not the, he wasn't the star level of Shinsuke Nakamura even in Japan. So um, I, they need to they need to figure it out. But but we'll see. The good thing is they have options, and obviously, you know me, I'm an NXT mark, so I trust them to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I would I'd love to see them wait some time and let uh, Cross have a couple of feuds here before putting the title back on because, like I said, I believe that's the plan for the title back on. I mean, I think that at New Year's Evil, I believe the name of the show is, it might be, you know, screwing that up big time here. I think that this is Damian Cross's send-off to the main roster. We'll talk about that more in the weeks to come, but I think he's going to get Damian, Pr- Damian Priest? Oh, did I say Damian Cross? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't I, want him going to the main roster. He's just kind of figuring out who his character is and who he is, and Vince is going to tell him to just do power body. He wants, he's going to want him to be Diesel. Oh, yikes. All right, all right. Oh, all right. So much. Well, I mean, well, I, I think, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a good point. Um, that, that's that you're thinking. This would be a send off. You have Carrie, you know, obviously, what do they say? You leave on your back, right? So, it, it would be interesting to see Carrie and Cross beat him. Um, but I would like to see like a longer feud if they do that. So we'll see. I mean, maybe, and like, maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like the similar thing with Dijak. You know, he basically killed him, and then he. He showed up, and you know maybe he'll be Bane's uh, partner in crime, but um, hopefully not. But uh, I would love to see them like maybe one or two feuds, maybe have uh, and face somebody else before going for the title because I I I really want to see that Dunn Balor match. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, so I, I think I think Dunn and Balor might happen, but oh, I mean Dunn's going to be in the title picture eventually. We just don't know with who yet and how, but he'll be there eventually. All right, so the other big thing from the NXT is something that we've had a conversation over time where I think we spoke about this last week coming out of War Games was we thought that uh, Raquel Gonzalez was going to get the big push from pinning Io Shirai in the women's War Game match. Now, moving on from what we thought of the War Games match, we're moved on from that. We thought that coming out of that, that she was going to get the next title match. Now... Coming out of that, we saw that Tony Storm went and confronted Io Shirai. We had stuff with Ember Moon. We thought maybe Ember and Tony would be finishing off. But this, but now we're going to two different directions. We're going to have Rhea go and get her revenge. I'm sorry, not Rhea. We're going to have Raquel get her revenge on Rhea Ripley. We're going to have Tony Storm face Io Shirai. I think this is a little bit backwards booking here. And I'm gonna. I think Jay might disagree with me because, based on some stuff that we had some early conversations initially, and I like Jay to get a little bit more onto the podcast. I think this might be an interesting counterpoint here. If this was a babyface, and you had Rhea pin Io, and then you went and changed an obstacle in her way, and saying, "All right, I need to go and get back a loss that I had, and I'm gonna face you know Raquel before I get to Io." I could see that, but doing it basically the opposite way of basically just having your fans think that your big time heel beat your champion clean. And then all of a sudden you're basically switching from saying, all right, ending your big show. I'm going to have Rhea, you know, Renee Gonzalez face Io Shirai, you know, as your next big challenger. All of a sudden you go to TV. Now it's Tony Storm. What are you doing here? Jay, well, co- oh, 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 a couple of things. One, I, you know, I don't know how many of you guys have watched the show Justified um, or, or shows where there's like a hero and he has a lot of people he's trying to 
figure out who, you know what I mean? He's the hero character. He's got a lot of villains he's trying to figure out. He's trying to solve a case. He's trying to catch this bad guy. But he's got multiple bad guys coming at him. Like, you know, Batman's a great example, right? With multiple villains. I, I like the idea in pro wrestling, especially for the stars. Like, I, I don't care about, like, you know, no offense to, like, Leon Rock. Right? But I like when the big stars have multiple tracks they can go in terms of feuds. Because okay. you're supposed to be wanting to be the best. And you're supposed to be wanting to beat people up who you are pissed off at. Those two things don't always align. Raquel Gonzalez wants to be the champion, but she also wants to beat up Rhea Ripley and avenge her loss. So those two things aren't necessarily like in line with the same thinking. But it puts her on track where she could either go for the NXT Women's title or she can, you know, go after Rhea Ripley. Now they've made it where she's going to go after Ripley. I, I, I think it's brilliant. I love when wrestling does that. Look at the Attitude Era. Stone Cold was, was, had, had feuds with a million people. It was always Vince at the top who would come, out, come in and, and, you know, they would always have, have, have at it. But... He would have a million foods with a million guys. I, I, I love the idea that wrestlers have kind of multi-track feuds, that it's not you are mad at this guy and that's the one guy you're going against and then you get mad at another guy. Like, that's not real. That's not realistic. Uh, I see I see your point there, but like I said, I just think it would make more sense. And I would think it may, may make more sense. The idea, I'm not saying you give Rhea back the title, but if you would have had Renee, uh, if you would have Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez win the title... Then all of a sudden you have the idea of the only person who's ever beat me is Rhea, and I'm going to avenge this loss and say I'm the most do- the two most dominant figures in this division are me and her, and you don't think I'm a true champion because I never beat Rhea, and this is how I'm the ultimate badass. I'm going to take her out as champion. I think that makes her look even more dominant. And uh, see, so I, I I I get your point, but I I disagree. I think her avenging her loss to her is the biggest thing that she can do to lay claim to fame that like now I'm ready to go for Io Shirai. Now I'm officially, now I'm officially ready to go out of her. It's also, Corey, a way to keep Rhea involved. You know, it's also a way to keep her involved and keep her there for a little bit longer before she has to go to the main roster and get some terrible gimmick. So let's, let's keep her there for as, as long as we can. Because uh, I think, I also think for those two, they had a really, really fun match. And I think they're both kind of just scratching the surface. I mean, Raquel Gonzalez, I don't know how long she's been wrestling for. Rhea Ripley's still pretty young in the business and a young person herself. I think those two are just scratching the surface in terms of what they could do in terms of a big, in terms of a great match. I could see that match, I don't I don't want to say main eventing, but, a, but absolutely being one of the top three or four matches in a WrestleMania down the road. Absolutely. So I think they're just scratching the surface and we'll see how, how things go. All right. This is not cool. The step back is agreeing with you. This is uncalled for. I'm not, I'm not listening to, to their show uh, next, next week. I mean, everybody else can listen on Wednesday I just, at eight o'clock. I just think I love, I love wrestling one-on-one and I appreciate the guys agreeing with me. Corey, I think you can see the comments. I can't see the comments. So you got to put the comments in there. I, you know, I get it, but the wrestling one-on-one stuff, sometimes it's like, it's so bogus. It's so corny. It's like, and part of it is, I'm 41. I've been watching this same shit for 35 years. Give me something different. 
Don't give me the, she beat her in the match, and now she's going to go for the title. Oh, Jim, what a story that is. Give me something different, right? Give me something different. Now, I will say this. It, it is interesting that Raquel Gonzalez, it does seem to be more, this is a baby face track. I do agree with you there. But this is going to, if she beats, the, the, uh, these NXT women are fantastic. And a lot of them are close to the same level. I think EO is obviously a little bit above them. If Raquel Gonzalez can beat Rhea Ripley, then when she goes for the NXT title, that's the main event. Her against EO is the main event of one of these takeovers, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, and she's probably going to win. So I, I think, you know, uh, to me, the way the story works, I, I like I like doing it this way better. Also, I do think you see Raquel Gonzalez against EO for the take the you know, WrestleMania takeover. You have this feud go for a little bit longer. Then she wrestles her at takeover, too. I think part of this also is, like, the time and how they do the pay-per-views, too, probably. I, and, be, and we're going to move on right now because we still have a, a few more little things to get out before we uh, head out. Little things. We got like three. Sh- we got we got two pay-per-views this weekend we got to go over. Yeah, we don't have any pay-per-views. We got a, we got a bunch of things we got to go over. I was always, uh, last comment on this would be, oh, I guess maybe the thing I'm, maybe also I'm afraid of is the fact that Vince is actually going to go pay attention for three seconds on NXT, going to see how big and muscular that Raquel Gonzalez is and be like, Triple H, Hunter, Paul, uh, sorry, your plans, have, your plans have changed. She's on Raw. Well, she, well, uh, one, they already like her. I mean, the rumor is they, that they're already fans of hers anyway. Um, so I don't know how long, how much, how long she has. Like this time next year, she will not be on NXT. Um, and so, you know, who, who knows? Um, so your fear is is very well well founded <laughs> with a lot of evidence. Um, but I do think she stays in NXT for for a little while. All right, Jay. So uh, I think we spoke about a lot of interesting things on NXT. Let's talk about the other show on uh, Wednesday nights, AEW, show that went from over 900,000 back down to the 800 range. I don't think it was anything that they did in particular. There was no Shaq on the show. Everybody wants to see Shaq. That's true. Yeah, I I, (laughs) didn't get my pizza ad. You know, it's uh, darn. Uh, But we did get quite a few uh, telling us that Tune in sometime after 10 o'clock to, uh, to watch next week because the NBA is back and uh, CL Kid will be really happy that the Celtics are playing and we'll see if they win or lose. Um, but you know what? I thought AEW was a good show, not a great show. I guess, you know, let's, let's start this conversation off with, is the nostalgia factor of Sting already kind of going, a little, going away a little bit here? I mean... You know me. I'm one of the biggest Sting marks who's ever lived. My favorite wrestler growing up. Surface Sting, Crow Sting. Not, not very much Joker Sting because, you know, wasn't watching that much of the TNA run, to be honest. I think I lost interest by that point. But, I mean, I don't know how many weeks in a row I can watch, you know, Sheriff Sting come out and say, let me go and sh- sh- put a bat in your face and a guy who's in his... Oh, it's been two... I mean, it's been two weeks. I mean, let's, 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 let's slow it down. I'm not saying I'm not saying for me personally or probably, I'm just saying, do you think you know how much can you do nostalgia of him basically you know telling people not to you know attack Cody Rhodes or or Darby Allen with the I think what they did was I think what they did was fine. I don't know. I think what they did was fine. I, I don't think it was. I think it was fine. I don't think it was. 
I, I thought it was funny how Taz and them were all scared. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Brian Cage is a you know a brick shit house, and he's scared of the sixty-one-year-old man <laughs> in face paint. I mean, that's kind of funny. But and you know, powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, those those guys could like eat sting for breakfast, but they're scared of him. Um, I don't know. I I told you before last week. We talked about it before. We had this this great platform on wrestling life on on our podcast. You know, I said before they need to have this be. You know, he comes out every now and again. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, we do not three weeks in a row. That's enough. I, I think we're. I think we're. I think we've done enough now. If they start having him come out there every week, it's just not going to be. It's just not a good idea. It's not a good idea. So um, we'll see. But yeah, the more the more you have wrestlers out there, the more the nostalgia wears off. So. Um, I thought it was fine what they did, but I really think they need to keep him away a little bit. Do vignettes with them. That's fine. Put a video out that he did talking and whatever. But we need to see him out there every week with that plastic bag. No. I think I think the bigger thing, and I, I was more joking than anything else about the fact of him being there week after week. But I think the bigger thing is that for the since losing the title, we have not heard from or seen anything. I mean, they've mentioned his name kind of in passing on the fact that he'll be back and Omega's got to, you know, what's going to happen. But we've seen nothing in the result, you know, when it's come to John Moxley. Do you think that's kind of hurt? I mean, yes, we, we always speak about guys getting time off, not being stale. But do you think we should have seen maybe something in regard with Moxley in the last two weeks since losing the title? Nope. I love it. I love that we haven't <laughs> seen him. Yeah, I, Corey, I, I tell you, this, and I, this is something that was... I forget who said this, and this was years ago. Maybe this was a CM Punk thing that he said years ago or or something where they said wrestlers need like to get time off to kind of refresh themselves, refresh their characters. Oh, I agree. Look at look at Reigns. This guy's as good as he's been in his career. And he had a few months off to help recharge the batteries, maybe figure out what he wants to do with his character, take time to think about it a little bit. Maybe he watched The Irishman and got inspired. I don't know. Watched a bunch of uh, mob movies. I don't know. Oh, you but sleep. <laughs> come on, come on. The Irishman was solid for eight hours. But no, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think I think it's I think good for Mox. Soccer, then you know, actually. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Don't don't rip soccer. But it's good for Moxley. I made a couple bucks yesterday. So anyway, it's good for Moxley to to get away, to you know, hang out with his wife and spend time with her, whatever. But also to kind of recharge his batteries. And for them to figure out where do we go next with this guy? Now I know Brody Lee's been gone for a while. I think he's hurt. Archer was gone for a while after his loss, um, and they haven't truly figured out what to do with him. But I think Moxley is such a big star that they will figure out what to do with him, and he'll kind of make anybody he goes against. Look at that G one. I mean, it was, it was incredible. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm excited for who Moxley's going to go against and who did, who they decide to put over. Um, as the person who went against him, um, and you know, like you, your 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 theory um, on this pod, I think it was on this podcast, but I know we've talked about it on the phone a bit. The idea that Moxley is quarantining so he can go to Japan and defend the IWGP U.S. Championship against Kenta. Too sweet. Um, I don't know. Well, and and maybe that's what he's doing too. And obviously, these next couple of shows are kind of like I don't want to say throwaway shows, but I mean. They're on at ten o'clock at night, um, so it's like you know what are we do you know what are we doing here? But 
Um, so we'll kind of see what happens, but I, I like the idea of Moxley being away for a little bit. And that first show back, whatever, January 6th or, you know, like once they're, once they're back back and they don't have, you know, they just go guns a blaze and then Moxley comes out and he's like, I want to find out who attacked me. And then, you know, so, and, and it's really an interesting way to put uh, someone younger over. I'm, I'm very curious to see who this person is who attacked him. Yeah, man, that will be interesting to see where they go with that and how they develop over the next couple of weeks. Let me say they, they've got a tape show this upcoming week. Then they've got the first two weeks of the, I believe it's New Year, New Year's Smash or whatever it is with Chris Jericho on commentary. Then the following week with uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, which should be interesting on commentary. We'll talk about that more as we get closer. Well, Corey, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, with, with, with the acclaimed, a little early for a title shot? That is really interesting. I mean... Why not just give? Why not give him a match? Why is it for the title? Where, where, where do you? Here, here's the thing, and AEW loves doing this overbooking shit. They, they do, they love it, and I love AEW and what they've done. But sometimes they, they do too much. Where do you go from here? Once you lose the belt, where do you go? You're wrestling the best friends next week. That's the pinnacle. That's it. We haven't even seen Santana on Ortiz. One, of, I, I think um, Santana might be hurt. I don't know. Didn't he wrestle this week? I, yeah, where? He, was part of the, he was part of the 12 minutes. Yeah, so Santana on Ortiz, they haven't gotten a, sh- a title shot in forever. Have they ever gotten a title shot? Okay. Yet, the, yet these new new guys who just came on again. And then where do they go? Back to AEW Dark? It's like, let's, let's slow down. Let's, let's slow everything down. We don't need them to get a title shot right away. Just... I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of them being in a match. I think it's a great idea, but a title shot. I don't disagree. I mean, I'm a huge. I'm, I spoke to you about them, you know, a couple of weeks back before they, uh, before they, you know, they were just wrestling on dark every week, and I, I think that Anthony Bowens is super talented. I think Caster has got a really good gimmick. I mean, I think he most likely needs to get a little better with these these disc wraps. I mean, I think they're good, but I think that I think his wraps are pretty good. Oh, no, no, I did not. Good. I did not know his dad was a former NFL tight end. I mean, it makes yep. sense. He's he's a brick shit house, but yeah, he's pretty um, uh, pretty built. Yeah, he's, he's a big. He's a big, he's just a big. He's just like a really big guy. He looks like a looks like an NFL tight end. But I I think they have a lot of ability. Um, and you know they had a good match with SCU. But I want to see that develop, right? Like I want to see that. I want to see that get better over time. Like, God, they just sometimes they just AW just wants to let's give you everything. It's like, okay, let's slow down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing here where you want to make this, and we've we've discussed this for many times over the last couple of months, where you want to have this sports feel with Tony Khan, where you want to have this ranking system and the top, and you know your top five, and you want to make people care about dark, and by the idea that there's you, 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 you know, so ranking systems, you know, they don't talk about it as much anymore as they did in the beginning. Well, I mean, they did say that they were number five in the ranking system because they were seven and one on dark. They lost their first match and they've won seven straight matches on dark. And, you know, they'd be an established team this past week. And I show that ha- I show that I show that half the audience or a quarter of the audience watches. That's a good that's a good number quarter, maybe a little bit less, depending week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm, and, you know, this is a way for them, maybe for them to get people to watch by saying the way that people are getting shots is by winning on dark. So I can understand that, but still, you gotta do more to get people to actually care about dark 
And by, I mean, like I said, they did a little better by showing a couple of segments on Dark here and there, and this and that. But you know, the discussion isn't really about Dark here. It's the idea on the fact that you're rushing some of these guys from. It's great seeing Top Flight, you know, facing the Bucks in a in a match to show how good they are. And next week they're going to get the match against MJF and um, and Jericho, which should be a great display of how good these guys are. But these guys are they slow the progression. I understand you got to sign some of these guys to make sure the same thing with uh, Ben Carter, you know, doesn't you know doesn't happen again. You know, so I mean, it's going to. Take a little time here to figure out where each thing goes and how that's going to develop as uh, Jay steps away to take a quick, you know, uh, pee break to put it nicely. So I'm here on my own. So um, it will be interesting to see where everything develops in regards to the, um, the acclaim and top flight, how we get to how good the, the Bucks can get them to, you know, a match this week. It will be interesting to see what type of stuff they're going to do until February when Retribution happens. So I think that's basically what's happening here. You don't want to go to Retribution to get, you know, to have FTR versus the Young Bucks until that pay-per-view. So you're going to basically have FTR versus Jurassic Express, FTR versus maybe Santana Ortiz or other things. So you're going to basically put roadblocks between both of these teams, the Young Bucks and FTR, until the February pay-per-view. So I think that's the, basically the reason why you had, you know, and and Helico and Jack Evans as we uh, start our next uh, next beer for the for the for the people watching uh, <laughs> watching the show here. Absolutely. Uh, and we're gonna. And by the way, this I've decided now that we, you know, have people, more people listening, more people watching, especially watching. Right? It's a little different. Because usually we do this, we do a podcast just um, just uh, for audio. Don't go back to beers of the week. We might have people in Chicago, in Illinois, who, who are able to watch us. And I uh, always Felipe, try to get who uh, does a top total basis podcast. There you uh, go. So there may be some beer fans. So we are going to go back to beer of the week. Um, right now, I'm drinking a Hot Butcher Karate in the Garage. That's the beer. It's a, a brewery named called Aslan Brewery in Virginia. It's a mix up of them and, and Hot Butcher. So we're going to go back to the beer of the week. Um, but anyway, no, your point about the tag teams is interesting. Um, we'll definitely kind of see where they go moving forward. They have a lot of different tag teams. Clearly, SCU now is just a, you know, I know Daniels doesn't wrestle a lot. He's more in the office. And those guys are kind of going to be there to put people over, which I think is really, really a good thing. Um, and then the idea that we talked about, um, we talked about in this podcast a bunch where AW needs to kind of highlight you know, some more African-American stars. Um, you look at WWE, as shitty as they are, <laughs> they try <laughs> sometimes, right? It's a new day. Um, and, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, they, so at least they're trying to do that. They're trying to, to highlight some of them. And, that, and that's what those four men, are, that's those four young men are. They claim in top flight, four young athletic African-American stars. Will Hobbs is that, I mean... Yeah, you know, absolutely. They are doing that. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of the, the young African-American female stars they have on the roster, not as good yet, but hopefully they'll they'll get there. Um, our last subject quickly on uh, AEW before we move on. We're huge fans on this podcast of uh, Thunder Rosa. We finally got a little bit more in regards to this feud with Britt Baker. I'm guessing on the, uh, the first show of the new year, I'm guessing that's when they'll finally... 
have that match happen. Do you like the pick? I'm not going to even say do you like the idea this match is happening, because I know that we're both interested to see where this goes. Absolutely. But do you like the pacing of how we've gone to the development of this? Do you think it's gone at a, too slow? Do you, think we're go, do you think that we should have seen the match already? Do you think... Oh, we definitely shouldn't have seen the match already. I think the fact that Thunder Rosa actually... I think the fact that Thunder Rosa actually talked was really, really, really a good thing. Uh, we haven't gotten a chance to see to hear her talk much. Um, this is about Britt Baker talking. So I think it's really great that we got Thunder Rosa to talk. And um, I, I like what they did the other day, for sure. Um, I thought Thunder Rosa's promo was, was on point, exactly what she needed it to be. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. I think they could keep this going for a little bit before... Britt Baker does a lot better in the runoff, the, the run-ins to the match than the matches themselves generally. But I think with someone like Thunder Rosa, she's uh, one of the best female wrestlers in the world. So I, I think they'll have a fine match. But, yeah, I mean, I think this could be, you know, a semi-main event of one of the – I think this could be a – you know, I'm just going to go and say this could be the main event of one of their one of their shows. Um, and that's the first time you could say that in a long time. So, yeah, we'll see what they do. But, I, yeah, let, 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 it, let it burn a little bit. I mean, they, they did the big swall feud forever, and they had this weird match in a dentist chair. So, like, let this build a little bit, and let's see let's see where we go. Agreed. Uh, like I said, overall, I thought both shows on Wednesday were good. Neither one I thought was a blow-away show. I mean, I thought we had a match of the year, you know, at least second half of the match of the year contender. So, happy with that. Like I said, hopefully uh, we don't put the title right back on, you know, Karrion Cross. Hopefully, you know, Phoenix versus um, Omega is as good as their first two matches, you know, on the 30th. So I think we have a lot of good things uh, looking forward to the upcoming weeks on Wednesday nights. Uh, Jay, we've got uh, two pay-per-views coming up this weekend. ROH Final Battle is coming up on Friday. And WWE TLC is coming up on Sunday. Uh, let's talk about the one that we, I think, at least care about a little bit first. Uh, final battle. That will be a lot more, I think, entertaining show. It was taped uh, this past weekend. As we spoke about last week, there was a couple unfortunate positive tests with uh, some of their bigger stars. So they will not be on the show, but the show is headlined uh, with Rush versus Brody Lee. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Any chance that uh, Brody Lee wins the title, or do you think uh, they? You think Rush uh, holds on? Um, just so you know, we, we are going to have a guest at some point, a buddy of mine, Carl, he works for Ring of Honor, um, and he was at, he's been at the tapings the whole time. He was at the oh, tapings really? for the pay-per-view. Yeah. And so I was going to have him on to preview it, but he, he's a good guy, but he's, he's, he is funny. He's a big Chiefs fan, by the way, for you guys, uh, for football life. Um, yeah, he's a big Chiefs fan. And, um, but yeah, he does, he's like a backstage guy. Um, so I wanted him to, I wanted him to preview the show with us this week. And he's like, Oh, I feel like I might spoil something by accident. Cause he was like at the tapings. I'm like, dude, it would be, I'll get killed if I mess something up. I'm like, it's fine. So anyway, um, I wanted to have him come on and preview the show, but he wasn't able to do it. But yeah, I love some of these matches. Oh, oh, look at, Oh, Corey getting fancy. Um, yeah. Roosh versus Brody King. I think Brody King is going to win. Uh, Roosh's contract is coming up and I think there's a chance he might leave. It'd be very interesting where he goes. Um, the LSG, Josh Woods, Draper, Tony Deppin match. 
Um, a lot of these guys were featured in the Pure Rules tournament. I think Josh Woods definitely wins. They've, he's been a guy they've been hyping up for a long time. Uh, Vincent against Bateman against Taven and Bennett. Um, that's, you know, classic kind of heel, heel versus face feud with a lot of history between them. Um, I think Taven wins. Usually they have, especially these big views, they usually have the baby face take over. I would agree with that. I, I um, think uh, Taven and Bennett with the comeback, um, I think that should be an entertaining match. I'm still not sure how good Vincent and Bateman are in ring. I think it's going to be more like a brawling style match. Yeah, it'll be a brawling match. And by the way, and I just want to make this clear before we keep going with the pay-per-views. For any of you guys in wrestling life who haven't watched Ring of Honor um, or haven't been able, if you haven't been able to, that's another thing because of when they're on. They're on at, on at funky times. But it really is worth your time to try to go back and watch some of these shows. It's been tremendous television. They've done a really, really good job uh, since they came back from the pandemic. Uh, Lethal and Gresham against PCO and Briscoe. I mean, I, you got to have Gresham and Lethal keep the titles, right? Like it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think I think they're I think the foundation is just starting to really get good, and I think there's a bigger story brewing there. So yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that's the obvious idea here. Yeah, uh, Flip Gordon against Gresham. I think Gresham keeps the title. He just won it, so I think uh, that could be a match of the night. Flip has been a guy who's been hurt a lot, and I think that if this match was maybe a year ago, I think Flip had a bigger standing in the company. I think there was maybe a better chance. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they would have put the world title on him or anything, but I think there was a better chance that he would maybe have a title right now. But I think they think a lot about the foundation, and I think they're going to put a lot of emphasis on Gresham and his stable, and I don't think they would take title of him right now. Yeah. Um, we got the Pure Rules tag match. Uh, these guys were all, except for Red Titus, were all featured in a Pure Rules uh, tournament. This is a match I'm underratedly, like, super, super excited about. Um, uh, Will Yuta wrestled, what did he wrestle? Wrestled in the first match? I think it was one of the best matches that they had in the whole tournament. So it's a tag match. doesn't mean a whole lot, but I think it could be a fun match. And I don't know, I mean, I know Brian Johnson a little bit. He was in the Pure Rules tournament. I don't know who this Dan Houston is. Dan Danhausen. He's a, one of the bigger independent wrestling uh, <clears throat> guys out there, just like Warhorse, who had his uh, big moment in AEW. Danhausen and Warhorse have been two of the bigger mainstays on the independent wrestling scene. He's a big, like, um, not a comedy wrestler, but he's his gimmick is basically a gimmick. And his big thing is if he wins the match, he had, a st he had to win a match by the end of the year in ROH to get a contract, and if he didn't, he would not get one. And basically, there's been a big thing within, I guess, the in international, uh, the independent, you know, wrestling community out there for him to get a contract with somebody. So, I mean, this has been, I guess, a kind of a story over the last year or so trying to get Dan Housen a chance to uh, get a contract within ROH. Okay, so we'll see what happens. I think it's a good show. Um, unfortunately, you know, EC3 wasn't, you know, uh, I think he has COVID. Um, so he, he wasn't able to be there, which took the Jay Briscoe match out, um, which was the bit, I mean, probably next to Roosh. It was the match that was most built up. Um, so, you know, you've had some guys who weren't able to make it, the six-man uh, tag match uh, with Bandito. Um, they weren't able, you know, they're on the COVID list as well. COVID list, I feel like talking about the NFL. Uh, they're in the, they're in the COVID list as well, so yeah, it's 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 a bummer. So I don't I think the show's lost. I think it's a good show, but it's lost a lot of star power. It's lost a lot of star power, and I do think 
it is asking a lot for people to spend. I don't know how much people they're asking people to spend, but if you're if you're asking people to spend more than twenty thirty dollars on this, it's a it's a real reach, in my opinion. Especially with everything that's going on with the pandemic, with people and their money, and I think it's a real reach. But you know, we'll we'll see what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I said on past shows. The fact that they've handled the pandemic with testing as well as they have. It's one of those that I'd love to be able to support them, you know, and give them, you know, I'm not saying, you know, give them your harder money, but I mean, if any, any company out there, you know, has done things apparently the right way, you know, it's kind of has been them, you know, so I mean. Absolutely. They've done, they've done things really, really well. I mean, Marty Skrull, we don't know if he's ever going to come back with the, the investigation with the speaking out movement. Apparently they've been investigating for it's like a murder case. They've been investigating for eight months. I, I don't know what's going on with him, but um, I mean, if if his case clears up, and I don't, I don't know, and I don't want to sound like I'm a, you know, I, I don't know, but if his case does clear up and he's able to come back with what they're already doing in terms of their TV production, they're going to have a freaking hell of a show in their hands. Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, if you get a chance to watch it, it looks on paper to be a really good show. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we have a show on Sunday, which uh, we're going up, we'll be going up against a football game. So uh, me and Jay will mostly be watching on a second screen or... Well, well, Jay- well I, think it's a, I think it's a crappy game. Isn't it the Steelers and the Bengals? No, it's a great game. It is. <clears throat> the the uh, Browns and the Giants? Oh, my God. Watch Daniel Jones uh, go back to pass and fumble the ball by himself. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh my God! God, I hope so. If he doesn't, I, I, I do think. By the way, for you guys in football life, I do think the Giants are going to cover the spread. But anyway, go ahead. Well, they can cover the spread all they want. Let's just hope that the uh, we're ten and that we're ten and four by the end of that. Or uh, I might be drinking heavily, and uh, I haven't drank in a while because of, you know I shouldn't be. <laughs> I might be finding a uh, drink of the week. So uh, this might be this is the card for, as of we know it so far. Um, all right, so the new day against the Hurt Business. I, I don't know what they're doing. Cedric Alexander gets really happy and apparently is overshadowing them. Again, this is WWE booking. He gets really excited and happy and he overshadows them. It's so like, like, like two do complex stories. <laughs> Every story is like if I was uh, when I was watching when I was nine and super into it. This would be every story for me. Do a story for a a teenage person who's got, who like no shit. Such a dumb story. But anyway, um, I mean, either, either the Hurt Business win or they lose because of Alexander and, or, or they lose because of Benjamin and Alexander turns on Benjamin. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I guess the New Day will win. I don't really care. Um, Sasha and Carmella, um, I think Sasha wins that, obviously. Yeah, I would agree. I think they're setting up Sasha either against uh, Bailey in a rematch or Belair. You know, at some point, I would guess one of the two of them. Yeah, you gotta have Sasha him. hold on to the to the belt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you don't you don't talk about her being in the Mandalorian because you know people don't do outside projects, but she is in the Mandalorian. She's doing something outside the company, and she is somewhat yeah. of a star. So you know, absolutely. So she's damn good on the Mandalorian. If she like, you know, not she's. Beautiful woman. She doesn't need all that makeup. All right. Uh, 
Reigns against Owens. It's funny how the, this is this order of the matches. I don't. I, wonder I think if that's the right. SmackDown, SmackDown match is the first Raw match. Is yeah. I wonder if this is the real order that it's going to be. Uh, Reigns against Owens. I mean, right? There's no question. No reason to talk about GLT it. GLT match. Yeah, I mean, Reigns is a you know minus seven fifty favorite, right? I mean, he's gonna. There's no way he's losing that. It's the best um, book match. Of the, best book match of the show by far. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean. You know, they don't have a lot to live up to in terms of that. Um, Jackson Baszler against Asuka and TBD. They've been pumping Lana up this whole time, and now she's not in the, not in the fucking match. But um, is this, you know, we've talked about this. Is this return of the of the, of the the uh, the queen of pro wrestling? Is this the return of Charlotte Flair? Do we care? That's, um, I think that's the better question. I think, I, I, so, so I, she, we talk about stars in WWE not building stars. She's a she's a star, absolutely. So I think it would be a big deal for her to return. Um, now and then you could do a you know the idea that she returns, Oscar and her win the tag titles, and then they build toward an Oscar Charlotte match at WrestleMania maybe again. Great. I mean that's fine. That's fine. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. I, I think I think they could. I mean, listen, we've seen Oscar against Sasha 18 million times, and every time we say it's a great match because they have good chemistry. Although it is funny, the common denominator is Oscar, good chemistry with Bailey, good chemistry with Sasha. Good. But anyway, Oscar's great. I would I would be okay with it, to be honest with you. Um, I feel like they've stuffed Charlotte down our throats a lot, but she's been gone for a while, and I think it would be um, good to see her back, actually. Raw needs her. Um, the Fiend against Orton. I mean, I, I, I don't, what, I don't know what a Firefly Inferno match. I don't know what that I means. I don't think they know what this looks like. Okay, all right. Is that? I mean, didn't they do? They did Inferno matches with Kane back in the day, and those yeah. were crazy. And I know ECW did some of them. So, um, you know, I've, I, yeah, I, give me your take. I, I don't know. My take is I don't care, and I'll be watching. Uh, hopefully. The 400th time, uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, with an intentional grounding uh, call. Oh, beyond, well, beyond, well, beyond the game. No, but like, uh, I, I, I think the Fiend has to win just to uh, keep him strong because Randy Orton actually has something to do after this with a returning edge at some point. So I don't think Randy Orton has to win. And I think once Bray, if Bray Wyatt continues to lose big feuds, at some point people are going to stop caring about the Fiend. I would think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean the point, the idea, right, is the fiend's gonna event is gonna go against McIntyre. That's got to be the next, the next thing. So I guess, yeah. Maybe. I mean, not that. I mean, whatever, right? We're, let's not be so negative. But I don't know. I mean, you got you got to think that's where they're going. Randy Orton could lose the next eighty matches for the rest of his life, and when he comes in, he could, you know, it's he could lose matches forever. Doesn't matter. Bray Wyatt needs to win, I think. Um, and then what is the quote unquote the main event? I think the I think the main event's gonna be Reigns against Owens. Um, I would agree, but uh... um, but anyway, so McIntyre against Styles. I mean, come on, what are we talking about here? My, he's a minus twelve fifty favorite. I mean, no, I guess, no I guess the only thing to wonder here is, which is the always the outside chance. Do we see twofold? One, do we see a cash in? Two, does is this when the Sheamus turn happens? And three. Do we care about any of the, the options I just gave? <laughs> I mean, do you want to hear my, my my real answer, or do you want to hear me be positive? Because we got five minutes left. Um, <laughs> l- l- let's say, I mean, 
What are they going to do with The Miz? He looks like shit. I mean, he looks... This, the WWE does this. You know he's going to win the title. Because they've made him look like crap for so long. You know he's going to win the title. I just he's gonna win the title so someone else in between can basically win it from him two minutes later so yeah. you don't have to give somebody else a clean a, a clean loss. I mean that's like, so I mean it's tricky because if you're gonna have McIntyre lose for a cash and this is probably the time they've done this a lot. I remember the very um, very famous Edge cashing right. Um, Against Cena, I think it was during this pay per view or during during the month of December. They changed the pay per views up, but I think it was during the month of December. Um, this what this would make sense for a cash in, and then you could have him be the champion through the Royal Rumble, have McIntyre win it back by February, and then McIntyre goes against a more relevant person um, than than the Miz for the title. Um, so yeah, I think I think they could I think they could do something like that. Um, so, so we'll see. I, I think McIntyre wins, obviously, but I do think he's ripe for a cash-in. They've made the Miz look so bad that I don't know why anyone would care about a cash-in. But, Corey, the other question before we end this show, do we see something big on Raw happen? Is this going to be a Miz? A, you know, Vince is like, these ratings are terrible. We got to give the belt to the Miz. And they do a cash in, and then the Miz is champion, and then whatever. I mean, something big you would think is going to happen here. No? Well, something big. Does that mean they just re signed Brock Lesnar? Is that something big? Uh, is it. Um... Just for Monday. I'm talking about for Monday. Oh, um. Return of John Cena. Um, By Monday? I'm talking about, do they do something on this show that tries to make Monday a big show? I, I you know, I, I think they, they, they might have to. And again, this is a holiday time, so it's, it's always a little tricky, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I think there's a, I think there's at least a decent chance that Miz Cash is in. And wins and has a title, and they kind of see where this goes to at least shake up what's happening. Oh God, um, I just I don't think it's time to take the title off of um, Drew McIntyre. Definitely do not think it's time to take the title mm -hmm. off of Roman Reigns. I I don't really think that a return of Charlotte really means anything right now. Um, I'm not saying it's a dead product, but I just don't think it's an exciting product by any by any stretch right now. If that makes any sense. Oh, Corey, you're so you're so you're so negative, 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 Nancy. Let's end the show on a high note. Give me something good to to end this show here. Uh, good, good, good. Uh, <laughs> well, we got we got MLW, the return of Bill Mortez, so that's something that's exciting. Um, I, wrestling is on fire right now. Wrestling is as good as it's been in, in a long time. Um, just the main roster product is, is not great. But we'll be talking about that, the good and the bad uh, of the main roster product um, and everything else. And you guys, too, on Wrestling Life, please let us know what you want us to talk about. We usually have an idea. I'm more of a news business of wrestling type of guy. 
Corey's a little bit more of a of a match, talking about matches type of guy. Um, and we kind of meld that into our show. But if you guys are like, hey, I really want to hear you talk about this, talk about Elias and Jackson Riker or whatever. Uh, maybe not that, but you know what I mean? If you guys want us to talk about something on the show that we didn't talk about this week, that you're like, hey, talk more about this or that, please let us know. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to do that. We're on uh, Instagram and Twitter at work shoot pod. Uh, we do have a podcast you can download iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just type in work shoot wrestling podcast. You can listen to us anytime. You can watch us now uh, anytime here with the, the uh, wrestling life. Uh, Corey, do you want to go over the, the show? I mean, this is like a cavalcade of shows here every week. You get a different show about a, a, a different subject. It, it's awesome. So, Corey, you want to uh, talk about the show? Uh, sure. We can go through. Uh, Mondays at 7 o'clock Eastern, Dom City with uh, Henry and Vincent uh, talking baseball. Uh, you knew Henry would put himself over on one of these shows. Go ahead. And, of course, he's on the first show of the week. So, you know, he's the first first voice or... Well, ba- well baseball, is, baseball, I think, is number one. So that makes sure. sense. Uh, Tuesdays, uh, you've got the Audible with uh, Matt and uh, Randy. That's the uh, football show where they uh, talk about all the games of the week. They go over uh, the step back on uh, Wednesdays at 8 o'clock, which uh, their basketball show. Uh, NBA is coming, coming back. Over-unders. Let's go. Uh, apparently, uh, on Wednesdays, with the step back, uh, Thursdays, you're listening to that show right now, the Worksheet Wrestling Podcast with the uh, Jason Brooks and Corey Richmond. Seems like they're some pretty good guys. Uh, Fridays, you've got the second episode at noon of the Audible, where they talk about preview of the games coming up. They go through each game, and uh, unfortunately, most weeks, uh, Matt has to get stuck uh, by default watching the Jet games. So uh, he's, a, he's a Jet fan, so that's part of his penance. Uh, and then on Sundays, we have the, uh, the Total Basis podcast, which is their... Uh, more of like a fantasy baseball show, which I don't know if it's uh, if they'll be doing other fantasy sports during the uh, the off season, but that's with um, Felipe and Sean. Well, they got a lot to talk. They got a lot to talk about. Baseball's baseball's apparently going to be there. No shortened season for us. We're getting those full full checks, motherfuckers. Give us that full pay. We are not doing a shortened season. So, baseball's going to be. And I'm and I'm trying to convince my buddies who are big. My, I'm in a 16-team fantasy keeper league that really? Corey's all that Corey's also in with me. We're both, we're both in it. Corey joined a couple years ago, and we don't know if, we, we don't know if they're gonna keep the league going or whatever because of you know COVID. So I'm trying to convince them to get the league going. Very excited about fantasy baseball. Hope it comes back. Um, and uh, yeah, a great great run of shows uh, for you guys to listen to. And of course, not to forget about where we came from. Every week, uh, you'll be able to listen to, or every you listen to podcasts, our sister podcast, Jay, do you know what that is? You don't know Jackie! With uh, Jackie Endy and Jackie Rachel, where we, uh, it's our, our comedy podcast, where uh, basically they make fun of me for, you know, about 40 minutes every episode, and I say ridiculous things, and occasionally uh, Jason graces up with his presence, and he gets in on the fun. Uh, Occasionally, I've been on like two podcasts. They've never let they never let me on. I think they realize like I'm so good. They they don't want me on the show anymore. So okay. there you go. That that's the answer. I, I only I'm only allowed to get upstage once a week. Twice a week is my limit. So you know 
I, I, I work slightly behind the scenes, but I'll see what I can do. I'll talk to, I'll talk to people. I'll see what right, I can exactly, do. Exactly. But, uh, Jay, for our first episode, I think we, uh, I think we might have made it through without, you know, doing anything ridiculous. So, uh, Jay, as always, what we've done for the last six years, I think we'll go out as we always do. Jay, I think the final word, as always, is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.